Welcome to a brand new Coordination Overreaction. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko, joined as always by the man who needs a cold one after this past weekend, and that's Hoss Reuter, my friend, my broadcast buddy. How are you? You know what? I've been I've been better, Greg. Let's yeah. put it that Okay. Yeah. Uh, you want to get me? You want me to give you the quick rundown on how the past seventy-two hours went? Let, let me let, let me stop you right there. Let's refresh uh, the minds of our uh, our listeners and viewers. You made the trip to East Lansing. I got did. up and left some ungodly hour on Friday, right? I got up. I left my my residence at probably right at six picked up one friend at 6 30 30 minute drive pick up another one and then we were we were probably on the east side of council bluffs by about 8 a.m so it wasn't ungodly early but we forgot about a few things um it was kind of like the odyssey you know oh brother where art thou where they're just kind of like along for the ride you know yeah all these different side quests where we stopped in iowa city to flip off kinnick uh, (laughs) i should send that to you and i told them rents due on the 24th of this month um you know because we're you know what they're gonna start paying rent to us that's as nicely as i'm gonna put it you know but there's there's a new landlord in the big 10 west kirk the rent free is over yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, and then had lunch at the Vine in Iowa City, which I know I think I probably mentioned it in the past on podcast. I've been to a couple of Nebraska Iowa games in Iowa City. The Vine is phenomenal. Um, I'm a big Reuben guy, big Reuben sandwich guy, you know, because I'm German Irish and from uh, the Omaha area. Exactly. And so they actually have the best Reuben I've ever had in my entire life. Interesting. And then they also serve course banquet beer that's unfortunate and so stopped there for lunch and we were there for maybe about an hour you know or so and we hit the road well we hit south side of chicago right as the friday rush hour was starting on i-80 at joliet oh let me tell you things got a little western there (laughs) every man for himself yeah they, they chicago road rules we're going on, you know, uh, but we got through Chicago. All right. And then we switched drivers. I drove the entire way from Omaha to east of the Illinois state line. And I may I should have known this as a social studies guy. We stopped in Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. That might take the cake as the worst place I have ever been to in my entire life. Um, now that's funny it's, because it's a it's a very catchy tune in uh, the Music Man. I I had to watch that musical <laughs> when I was like in sixth grade. My older sister was in it as a freshman in high school. I that song was stuck in my head for about two hours after stopping. <laughs> I found myself humming it because yep. I'm like reading Twitter in the back seat because like I I switched you know I drove we stopped to get gas at the Travel Center you know right in Gary. And then I hop in the back of the Toyota Highlander. And I'm just sitting there on Twitter, and I'm going, Gary, Indiana. And I'm just like, God, why? why? Do, do you want me to sing it for you? No, please. <laughs> I, 
Greg, I hated that musical in 2002. I hate that musical in 2023. I'm just not a big musical guy in general. So I, I that's fine. And I appreciate that. Um, I am like not musical theater. I never did shows or anything like that. But like you put on the music, man. I'm going to sit down and watch. You put, you put on the Mary Poppins or the Sound of Music. You have my attention. No, no way. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm not going to apologize for who I am. Mary Poppins makes me feel very weird. Okay. I don't know why. No, just like it makes me feel. Okay. Have you ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. You know that weird feeling from that? From Jessica Rabbit? No, it's just it's the live animation. <laughs> okay. Just, okay. You're not one of the youths. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, so, someone I, more I, my age would understand. I, I guess. Um, but no, like, so we, let me just put it this way. Maybe a spoonful of sugar would have helped your weekend go a little better. You're telling me. <laughs> You're telling me. Um, no, uh, got into East Lansing finally at about nine o'clock. So adjusting for the time zone change and all that, we were, we were on the road. For basically, shit, 14, 14 mm-hmm. hours. Sounds and, right. Uh, yeah. So we, after that, we went to eat in East Lansing. I'm not going to name the name of the restaurant, um, but it was the worst service I've ever had in my entire life. Like the wait staff was openly hostile towards us. Are you sure when, like, that was like Ed no, wasn't or something? Big resort. No. <laughs> okay. No. It was like openly hostile, like, Welcome to the blank, 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 the fuck you want. You know, that was basically oh, great. Yeah. So, how was the game day there. atmosphere? They're a late arriving crowd. Okay. So, like, we thought we were going to have all this room and then, like, it filled in. Um, they know more about basketball than they do about football. Which that makes sense. Kind of makes sense. They had some really good beer at the stadium um, from some, like, new Oberon brewing company in michigan it's called sparty party it was actually really it was seven percent seven percent new england ipa that i drank on an empty stomach because breakfast didn't sound great uh saturday morning and uh it was, weather was decent wasn't too bad and then you know what i'm trying to think of where we ate after the oh you know i almost buried the lead their students don't know anything about football i don't think they really care but boy you know what they do love everything else that a college student loves talking shit after their team wins oh yeah yeah well yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times i heard the you know, the nebraska corn huggers and it's like ooh, good one you know well that's probably somewhat mild as far as yeah. you know things they could say i mean like me being a social studies guy I was like, God, I could I could come up with a lot of stuff about the state of Michigan. You well, know? yeah, because you're smart. They're dumb college kids. Now we want to preface See, here, by saying here, that here, not all college thing. kids are dumb. I would have I would have some retort towards them about the state of Michigan. That'd be like, yeah, well, um, your I don't know your your industries were built upon non renewable resources. You know, just something some serious nerd shit. Oh, they. You bring up Flint, they'll really have a hard time. Yep. Do they do they still not have clean water? I have no idea. I, I don't check the headlines. I I don't watch the news. 
exactly. Um, so you had a horrible trip, realistically. I mean, from from you know what the uh, best part of the trip was? Getting home. There's a store called Meyer, M E I J E R, up in Michigan. I've heard of that. I've heard of it. It's that. like Super Target meets Walmart meets Costco, and they all decided to have a baby together, which oh, sounds God. really bad. As I named three instead of two um <laughs> a little bit of dna from each one <laughs> but uh it, it was awesome i i wanted to buy a souvenir there but because i just despise both michigan schools i didn't want to buy like a state of michigan t-shirt you know right. like uh, you know the great Lakes state so i bought a carhartt hoodie um since carhartt's made in detroit um but uh this store was amazing i mean it was like i was like man if we had one of these in omaha i wouldn't shop anywhere else yeah so you, you had issues going there. You loved Gary, Indiana so much that you paid the toll to avoid it on the way home. And wedged in all of this, Nebraska didn't get the job done. They they lost 20-17, to 17, a very winnable game, a game that they should have won. And this, this goes back to, I think, what Matt Rule said almost a month ago now when he said, there's not a team we can't beat and there's not a team that can't beat us. But I think the biggest lesson that we learned this past Saturday is Nebraska's biggest foe is sometimes going to be Nebraska. Yeah, we did not. Let me tell you, the fine the fine citizens of East Lansing would be very disappointed in what I'm about to say. Michigan State did not beat Nebraska. Nebraska no. beat Nebraska. And that was yeah. evident from the very first drive of the game when they hit a seam route right down the middle of the field to their tight end. Luke Gifford and um, Isaac Gifford. Thank you. Isaac Gifford. And who was the other safety starting in Sanford? Uh, Sanford, failing Sanford. They're playing cover two and they bite on some short routes at 12 yards. And they fit Michigan State fits the seam, you know, right in between them. That was kind of the moment where I was thinking, and not to be too reactionary, it's the first drive of the game, but I was kind of thinking, okay. This doesn't look good. That's a very undisciplined play. And then from there, the Michigan State started hitting some stuff that was just getting the ball out quick, trying to negate our rush. And we opted to keep guys in coverage and not bring a whole lot of extra pressure on blitzes or you know simulated pressures. And so we were trying to get pressure with four, just our front four. And this is the one time where I was kind of like, maybe that wasn't the greatest way to defend a team, you know, especially like Michigan state. But then when you consider that Hauser is a little bit more of a mobile quarterback, you know, we had to kind of account for him in the run game as well, but the defense really, I don't want to say they did. They played badly because they didn't. I mean, there were years, Greg, just recently that if we would have gave up 295 yards and 20 points, we would have been over the moon excited with how well the defense played. Yes. We're already getting conditioned to having a good defense under Tony white. And we're, you know, that standard is getting higher and higher. But then offensively, I think that the insistence on trying to attack Michigan State through the air was maybe a little bit short-sighted, especially from the standpoint of the times that we had the most success is when we were running downhill out of the pistol, the slice play that Emmett Johnson scored on at the end against Purdue. We ran that you know, a few times against Michigan State, and we were really starting to run stuff out of the eye very effectively getting downhill, you know, run an inside zone slice with, you know, the fullback 
cutting off the backside D end and the running back going the other way and, you know, picking a hole, you know, one cut and get up field. And so when we would mix in going empty and trying to hit, you know, stick routes to Fedoni or bubble screens to Bullock or, you know, some of the deep passes out of uh, the shotgun formation as well, it really kind of disrupted the flow of the offense, not so much from a sequencing standpoint, but because you went away from what was successful and we don't have a quarterback right now that can accurately fit a ball into a window or can accurately read coverage. I could probably pull, you know, quite a half a dozen examples from Michigan state where he doesn't lock, he doesn't read his progressions. And, you know, before anyone, you know, wants to get mad about, Hey, they're just college kids. Like this is nothing to do with him personally. You know, this is just, you know, on the football field from a clinical standpoint he does he locks on to who he's throwing to before the ball is snapped and you can see it because the second he receives the snap he's his eyes aren't anywhere else but that receiver he is deciding before the ball is snapped who he's going to throw to if we had and so if you're marcus satterfield you have to maintain some semblance of a passing game as just a threat to the defense you know which you know, I get it. You know, we're going to take some shots. And, you know, we've been successful on a few of those shots. But if I were Marcus Satterfield, I'd want to have an aneurysm trying to call plays with a quarterback that doesn't accurately read coverages or go through his progressions because that makes it that much harder. It's my opinion that if we had a quarterback, you know, over the past – any of the quarterbacks over the past eight, nine years in that time frame – whether it's Tommy Armstrong or Tanner Lee or Adrian Martinez, um, I would even say Noah Vedral, Casey Thompson, any of those guys, Nebraska's eight and one. Because the offensive line is actually getting better. They're mm-hmm. actually playing solid football. The as receiver, patchwork as it is. Exactly. And the receivers, even though they're freshmen, they're damn good ones. Mm-hmm. Alex Bullock was wide ass open on that interception. Instead of fitting it right down the seam, Harburg throws it across the middle, you know, arm punts it across the middle, basically. You know, it's like, you know, a low, you know, it's like a pitch right across home, the fat part of home plate. I, so we can't have these mistakes continue to pile up when you're looking at everything that gets compounded together. The running game has to be supplemented by some semblance of a passing game. On top of that, we're having to drive the length of the field. Right. Special teams is giving up really short fields to our opponents. We got our ass owned in field position. And then I haven't even gotten to the worst one of, you know, the gaffes. Jalen Lloyd, wide ass open on a shallow screen, a designed shallow screen where he's running a shallow crossing route. The receivers are getting down downfield to block for him. He's the lone read. Maybe they have an alert just to take the safety, and I think that was Fedoni going up the seam. Other than that, it's Lloyd coming across the middle. All you got to do is throw the ball maybe six yards in the air right to him. This thing could have popped for maybe 40, 45 late in the fourth quarter. Harburg throws it to the seam. Double coverage is picked off. We're not going to win a lot of football games long term with that as our quarterback play. It's a band-aid situation right now. It's a triage situation where you're just trying to, you know, survive in advance. 
But in the future, like this is the importance of the quarterback position in modern college football. Look at what we have to deal with, like what, what we have. And then if any of you turned on USC in Washington on Saturday night, look at what they have. You might as it might as well be two different sports. Hmm. So I know that was long winded, Greg. Looked like you wanted to jump in a few times. I did, but I forgot. <laughs> um, sorry. No, it's fine. Or as they say uh, up north, sorry. Sorry. I, I, do they say that in East Lansing? I don't know. That's Not that beautiful. any of those uh, turds in the punch bowl were nice enough to apologize for anything. It's a beautiful campus there. I will say that. It's a, it's a gorgeous campus. If, if you're not a turd in the punch bowl. Yeah. It smells like red cedar all over. Oh, here. now that does sound nice. Trees. Yeah. That that's that's that sounds and fall, you know, I'm sure is lovely. Yeah. Just a shame that Nebraska had to poop the bed. You um, know, the, the whole thing that's so frustrating about it is you think you have a chance. You know, even we, we despite, talked ourselves even into despite it. Despite the warts that we have, you think you still have a chance late in the game. And it gets taken out of your hands by the worst officiating ever. I mean, like, that, you I, know, you know that I know the names of the Big Ten officials. You know, I like I recognize them. I'm like, okay, we got this crew. I am in the stadium. I can't even see the ref because I'm like eight rows from the very top of the mm-hmm. stadium. I hear the official make the first call of the game, penalty of the game. And I turn to my buddy and I go, oh, shit, we got Jerry McGinn. Recognize him from voice alone. And you know what we got? We got a very Jerry McGinn game. That's the worst crew in the Big Ten. I, and it's, it's uh, for the entire the entirety of the season, the entirety of his time here, Matt Rule has not made excuses, uh, though in his weekly presser, uh, he did mention the officiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, look, there's the the no-call face mask, no-call defensive pass interference. You clean up a lot of the other things, then a lot of these missed calls don't mean anything. Like, you're, oh, yeah, you know, it sucks that they didn't call the pass interference, uh, uh, you know, when Malachi Coleman was rushing down there. But, hey, we still won you know, 34 to 20 or whatever it might have been, you know, water under the bridge. The judgment call is one thing. Something oh. on review, a whole other ball game. And I'm not – again, no, I, I, know. Don't, I, I know. But it's it, – the there. there's less sting to it when, you know, we don't lose a game that was more than winnable, which this Michigan State game was. Well, um, yeah. Any of those quarterbacks from the past eight or nine years, and I'm pretty sure we win this game by three touchdowns. I'm serious. Well, I'm not. It, well, here's the thing: we go back four years. I mean, we always complained about Adrian Martinez's uh, 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 completion percentage and, and his accuracy. Think, and then I think we've discovered something in the interim since then. It was Frost and Verduzco that were the problem. And I, I don't want to relitigate. No, we're, this but we're not doing I know. this anymore on this podcast. No more relitigation. <laughs> Fine. I do know. I was saying that about myself, not you. Yeah, but I, I know I there do. was a time when you were a big fan of a sunglass and cigar uh, quarterback coach. Yeah, because you know everybody was. It was in the first year of the frost era. Yeah, it was the honeymoon period. 
So, um, you know, I let's t- real quick. I want to I want to point this out. Maybe you noticed it in the game on Saturday. Maybe you didn't. Nebraska was not charged with a penalty no. at all on Saturday. R- running into the kicker. Oh, well, there's a note here right from Huskers.com that says Nebraska was not charged with the penalty in the game. No, we ran into the punter on one at one point. Yeah, but they declined that. Oh, they did. No, there you go. Uh, it's the first time the Huskers were not penalized since. Do you know? I don't, Can you recall in your close? It seems. Uh, it seems equally uh, long. September third, two thousand five, against Maine. Shit, I remember listening to that game on the radio. Yeah, I was in Shattern for that game. I probably was in the studio or in the station, you know, listening to that while working on something else. So, um, well, anyway. You know, and that's the thing, like, we but, showed but, improvement. I was going to say, one of the things that we've been hoping to see was better discipline. Yeah, we showed improvement with no penalties, you know. It's the turnovers that continue to kill us. And, like, when I was walking out of the stadium, I was looking at the stats we out yarded them. We had more time possession. We had more first downs. We ran for more yards, threw for more yards. Everything was there except for one number. The turnovers? The number three. You can't really see it because the blur on my uh, I, a MacBook camera. Um, yeah, three turnovers. You know, it's, it's a point where it has to get fixed. And it's when it comes to something like passing mechanics, it's a little bit more difficult to fix that because of the fact that, you know, you start messing with a quarterback's mechanics, you know, they tend to get a case of the yip, especially in season. That's definitely a spring ball kind of uh, project there. Um, but as far as I can recall from being at the game, because I've only rewatched about a half of it since I got home last night. Um, I, did we even have we didn't have a fumble? No. So we fixed the fumbling issue. At least it looks like in the for the time being. But the interceptions continue to plague us. So yeah. you know, you you have no fumbles, you have no penalties. If you would have told me that Friday night as I was driving through Gary, Indiana, you know, that we would have no turnover or no fumbles, no penalties, I'd be like, Oh, we did. Uh Harburg uh, fumbled twice, lost one. Well, so, the fumble at the end should have been an incomplete pass. That was yeah, an absolute worst shit of a call. So, just want to make sure that our statistics. Somebody would complain in the or, or someone yeah. would yell at the in the comments. Oh, we have fumbled, but I agree, it shouldn't have been a fumble. All right, so you take away that one. He's left with one fumble. Yeah, is that correct? All right. If you would have told me on the way up there that we would have had no penalties and only one fumble. I'd been like, how badly did we beat them? Right. You know? Like you had to like your chances, but you know, the other, the luck that Harburg's been playing with on dropped interceptions. Well, that's come back to, you know, that chicken's come home to roost the past few weeks. It It's uh, his line was 12 of 28, uh, two interceptions, 129 yards, no touchdowns was sacked seven times. Um, it found his uh, buddy and, and roommate, Thomas Fedoni II, uh, three receptions for 43 yards. Alex Bullock, three receptions, 37. Malachi Coleman, two for 39. And then a whole you know slew of guys had one. Um, Got to get the ball into Jaden Doss's hands more. 
Jalen Lloyd, like you mentioned, Lloyd had just the one screen reception for a, a loss of uh, four yards. So, well, you would have had another 45 if uh, Harbor yeah, if they would have caught him across on the slant. Yeah. Um, now running, this is again where I need my shirt. John, if you're listening or watching this, you asked me the size. I told you the size I was expecting. Get it the fuck together, John. A shirt. Get Not to say that I need another grown man to buy me clothes, but you know, I, I'm, I'm I, I relatively, I, I'm underpaid and overworked, so I'll, yeah. I'll take the freebie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still a uh, look. When you have, I don't want to say the yips. I don't want to say anything. When you have the issues that we've had in the passing game, again, you got to run the damn ball. Emmett Johnson had. 13 carries, netted 57 yards, had a touchdown. Uh, Heinrich Harburg, even 14 carries, netted uh, 37, gained 75 yards, lost Adjusted 38. Backs. You know, I think netted Sachs come out of passing yardage, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, Anthony Grant had nine carries for 35 yards. I'd like to see these guys get, I'd like to see our run game do more. Um, Run game, the tailback run game should have had about if if we would have committed to it and it had, would have had about forty carries, I think we win this game. Um, I don't know how to tell you this. Well, it's tough because again, Harburg's uh, oh the tailback, I got tailback, yeah, tailback, tailback okay. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, Harburg get the the sacks or uh, or the tackles for loss against him get counted well, as runs. Uh, but take, take right there specifically, and Jalen Lloyd, we can't. We can't count it. Yeah, he had a reverse that actually almost popped. Yes, it did, um, which is kind of exciting. But also, I don't know if I like reverses. I'm sorry. Well, you know what I thought was one of the best play calls that we had all day was that little uh, – we tried to hit fleeks on a little mm-hmm. leak out of the backfield on a mesh play. And, it's, I mean, that was third and eight, and we settled for a field goal deep inside the red zone. and. Great play call. Love the idea of using misdirection, just kind of the natural leverage in the passing game in that area of the field. And it's, you know, it's moments like that where it's like, hey, if that one is a touchdown or a first down, you know, it'd be, it would have been a first down inside the two. You know, it's a different ball game. Um, you know, if Jalen Lloyd on that shallow screen, you know, different ball game. So many different – if it's not called a touchdown, Jerry McGinn's crew doesn't call that last touchdown for Michigan State a touchdown. It's a different ball game. So there's so many different things that you can point to and just say, you know, if, if, if. And, you know, it drives – I think it drives, you know, all of us Husker fans nuts from the standpoint that that's what we've all been doing for the past 20-something years. Yeah, we, we, we tend to what if these games and these seasons to death. <laughs> the reality is we're a good football team. Mm-hmm. We are a good football team. We just have some deficiencies in a few areas. Uh, going back to that tailback, uh, tailback running game, uh, take away Jalen Lloyd's reverse, take away Heinrich Harburg's uh, attempts, and you're looking at about 26 carries um, from the tailback position. Emma Johnson, Anthony Grant, Josh Fleeks. I agree. If we got that number closer to 40, the run game is all about wearing down the defense. And you're starting to see us really – you're starting to actually see us punch some holes in some fronts. You know, the way – you know, tail end of the Purdue game, 
then on the same play, that slice play against Michigan State, you saw us start to kind of really lean on them and start to, you know, open up some holes in the front. Give Emmett Johnson a chance to get into a rhythm. He's an explosive mm-hmm. back, and it looks like there are times that he's a little bit impatient when he gets the ball because his touches are a little limited still. So, you know, he just tries to barrel through there. And, you know, there were a few times that he ran into contact and basically got himself tackled when he could have had more run, you know, space to run if he just would have, you know, used his vision a little bit more. So, like, get him into a rhythm and see if that, you know, those runs early in the game start turning into bigger, more explosive runs later in the game because he's getting in tune with, you know, what to look for, what to expect. All in all... It was an uninspiring effort from the offense, um, which I think makes the next part of the conversation much more difficult because the defense didn't look like the defense that we had come to expect. No, over and the last few weeks, you know, we're kind of spoiled a little bit already. We're expecting more. Yeah, I mean, you it's know? a good problem to have. I it's suppose a good problem to have, but they but, looked a little uninspired. They looked a little bit flat-footed. They they played. I don't want to say undisciplined in the sense of like they're out there doing stupid shit or the, you know, they're, you know, going rogue on something. But really what it is is like they just played uninspired with from a lack of energy, it seemed like. Our uh, our tax for loss were down, our sacks were down. Energy. I'm yawning in the middle of talking, <laughs> you know. But um, well, I was gonna say, I know, Greg, you look so disappointed that I yawned. Now you're going to yawn. It's contagious, even over a, a computer screen. 400 and some miles. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is they just look like they weren't keyed in to their assignments as well as they could be. And it looked like it was an energy problem where it's a sleepy 11 a.m. kickoff, you know, noon Eastern time kickoff. And it just kind of, you know, it's in front of a crowd that was pretty fair to middling at the beginning of the game, to say the least. So, you know, sometimes you got to bring your own energy, you know, bring the juice on your own and be fired up. And I don't think we're going to see a repeat of that the rest of the year. I have a feeling, yeah, that Tony White will have his crew uh, running at at optimum levels. Uh, Maryland at home, Wisconsin on the road, Iowa at home on Black Friday. Uh, we'll, we'll get into those. It's not time to to look ahead yet um yeah kind of and i don't know how much of this got heard uh getting into the offensive backfield i don't want to say it was difficult it just didn't happen as often we talked a little bit about that with the four-man rush not bringing you know blitz packages as much things like that and again a lot of that stems from the respect that tony white and the uh uh uh, coaching staff seem to have for uh, quarterback Hauser, uh, who's a little bit more uh, fleet-footed. And I've said this for well over a decade now, is I hate mobile quarterbacks for the other team. <laughs> Love them on um, yours. Yeah. Uh, only three sacks for 20 yards, uh, seven tackles for loss for 29. No fumbles, no interceptions, uh, only one quarterback hit. Um, and They did I mean, a good job protecting Hauser. They, they did. They did. It was it was more of a, uh, I guess a, a typical Big Ten offensive line type of of protection package. Um, Cam Lenhart uh, made some noise. He had four tackles, 
Tommy Hill. I mean, they talked about Tommy Hill as from the, uh, and I don't know again how much of this you've seen from, from the half of football that you've seen, uh, but you know they they on the broadcast they keyed on Tommy Hill quite a bit. Um, I think you know if you asked him, he'd be kind of it, disappointed in his. I don't want to say performance. Like I don't know. I mean, he he did all right, but they were keying on him early and, and attacking him early on in the game. Um, let's see here, Marquise Buford. Good to see him back out there. He had two tackles. Uh, Ty Robinson and uh, the Polar Bear each with three. Uh, Isaac Gifford five. Uh, Nick Henrich five. Jamari Butler doing some good things, making some noise. He had five tackles. Uh, Luke Reimer led the way with seven tackles. Now he also had a half a sack and a tackle for loss. I want to bring this to your attention. Um, with his seven tackles, he now has 275 in his career, and that's the seventh Husker to total 275 tackles. I'm going to quiz you just a little bit. This is going to be a little bit fun for me. Can you tell me – you don't have to do an order, anything like that, but can you name the six – Nebraska Cornhuskers who have eclipsed 275, or uh, uh, aside from Luke Reimer, who have eclipsed 275 tackles in their career? Barrett Rude. Yeah. Levante David. He's up there, number four. Mike Brown. Mike Brown's number three. Barrett Rude, by the way, number one all-time leading tackler for Nebraska with 432 career tackles. Carlos Polk? No, sir. Just say what years they played. Yes, sir. Uh, so, one, believe it or not, one is from uh, uh, 2015 to 2018. Muhammad Barry? Mm-mm. No, 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 no. He graduated in 19. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Diedrich Young. Diedrich Young. By the way, uh, uh, he's uh, there with 284. Um there's a uh, one player from uh, 1976 to 78 who has 276 who Luke Reimer should pass here this week. That's before my time. I know it's Lee Koontz. And then the number two all-time uh, leading tackler for the University of Nebraska with 342 played for the Huskers down the Scarlet and Cream from 1968 to 1970. That is Mr. Jerry Murtaugh. Oh, okay. So, um, well, to see. By the way, Jerry Murtaugh also has uh, the third highest tackles in a game, with twenty-five tackles in nineteen seventy against USC. Who's so, our all-time leading tackler in a game? Uh, Cleet Pillen. He actually has the top two. He had thirty tackles in nineteen seventy-six against Oklahoma State, and twenty-seven in nineteen seventy-five against Oklahoma. And Cleet Pillen uh, is tied with Nathan Gary uh, for two, with 273 tackles, which is now a tie for eighth place behind Luke Reimer. Dang. A lot of tackles. Yep. Well, shall we put a fork in the Michigan State talk and do a prediction for Mar- – well, I'll, you know, yeah, I, the implications. Although I do want to say, first of all, we didn't lose by kicking it to the wrong side of the field. True. Um, we did lose, but I don't – we talked about this. I don't think Michigan State beat us. Yeah. You know, clearly, you look at the tape, we beat ourselves. 
we either didn't play well, we didn't play well in all uh, fields. Like, which just last week I said something about uh, you know winning in all three phases, and we didn't do that. Uh, but um, you know, we struggled uh, on offense. We struggled in the passing game, especially um, and defense. Again, just didn't look. I don't want to say they didn't look prepared. They again, no juice, no fire, no energy. Uh, and uh, let me see what what can you say? Tristan Alvano had had himself a day. Yep. Um, had uh, had a averaged. Let's see. Well, he had no. Like, it was a twenty-four yard. I don't. I I got guess get my get my games confused. Um, but he's he's gaining consistency, and I'll take that because he's improved quite a bit from where he was in the Minnesota and Colorado games. Um, I did the players look. I know that this group of players. They want to be the ones to return Nebraska to some type of postseason football. We have to remember, Matt Rule says it, we say it, although we get a little ahead of ourselves, we can do that as fans. Win the day, go 1-0 this week. Incremental you, improvement. You go 1-0 every week for 12 weeks. You're 12-0. No. You're in a good spot. But you can't be thinking about uh, playing in December if you're still trying to win in November. So, um one I think, game at a time. I think that the key for this week, for uh, this home contest against uh, Maryland, is to refocus. And you're going to have to, like, look, the Big Ten's up. Outside of the top-tier teams, the Big Ten, and specifically the Big Ten West, is a shit show. So go play win. your football and go and win the ball game. I agree. I agree. There's an opportunity there to – really bury Maryland here. They're, you know, I think they're on a five-game losing streak right now. And, you know, play your football, punch them in the mouth early, run the football, and then, you know, they're pretty one-dimensional on offense, and so we can really kind of game plan to stop their passing game and just find a way to get that sixth win. You know, I'd feel much better about having that sixth win now than as opposed to needing it up in Madison when they're doing jump around as we're heading into the fourth quarter on a right. Saturday night, or the, you know, as others have pointed out the quick turnaround of a short week with Iowa, you mm-hmm. know, for all the marbles. So we got to find a way against Maryland to contain, you know, to his brother. Cause I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. I'm just going to go with that. Talia Tagaviola. I think that sure. sounds all right. We're, we'll go with it. And, you know, Maryland always has a lot of good explosive skill talent, but we need to play our brand of football, you know, and, you know, really punch them in the mouth on an 11 a.m. kickoff and kind of, you know, it'd be nice if another team returned the favor and kind of slept, walked a little bit through an 11 a.m. kickoff on the road, you know. This is a Maryland team that lost some close ones to some uh, teams that Nebraska has beaten. Uh, they lost by six points to Northwestern a couple weeks back. We, prior to that, they lost to Illinois. So Nebraska had a lot of success against these Land of Lincoln teams, and Maryland not so much. Uh, Maryland's last win did come at the end of September, September 30th uh, against Indiana. That was a 44-17 tilt. Um, but they stopped in Gary. <laughs> I don't think Bloomington and Gary are near – one another, um, but uh, the West Belt guy, so I'll trust you. 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, some some losses some, to some top ten teams. They lost to Ohio State 37-17, and then got pretty well shellacked this past week against Penn State 51-15. Um, they had two non-conference wins, uh, 38-20, to open things up against uh, – oh, I'm sorry, they had three non-conference wins. If you go back to Towson uh, in the early September, uh, 38-6. I don't know if that one counts. They did beat Charlotte 38-20. They beat Virginia 42-14, probably their – best win uh, on the season but yeah to host to your point they're they're four and one in the last five games uh you know winner losers of four straight that is so i it's time to yeah keep the pressure on and and i, I don't want to just rehash everything you said but how great would it be for this fan base to become bowl eligible in Lincoln this Saturday, you might have as, as rabid as this fan base is, and I say this with with all love and respect. But you you have a fan base; they might storm the field and rip off a goalpost or something. I mean, like that's how hungry we are. You know? um, and people will be like, they're they're overreacting a little bit for beating a bad Maryland team. No, we're overreacting a little bit because we've waited a long time to get it's back like one to of those things. Like, do you know the darkness that we've seen? Right. <laughs> it's like uh the disturbed version of a uh, of a uh, uh, sound of silence it's it it hello darkness my old friend um it's such a good gosh dang that's a good song i prefer the uh, simon and garfunkel version i like them both uh look we could get way into the weeds on this there's a really good version of sound of silence from some uh, uh british guy who came over he was like a finalist on britain's got talent came over uh and did it on america's got talent sang that song it's it's very good um but the disturbing link right, for it i will i'll hook you up i i know people who also have internet so <laughs> i'll get that to you <laughs> but um uh, so yeah take care of business play within yourself don't try to do too much um and run the fucking ball <laughs> Run the damn ball. All right, Hoss, give me your prediction since you won't be uh, with us later this week. Mm. You know, I want to say, on one hand, I want to keep it in that lower, you know, mid-teens scoring just because that's where we've kind of resided. But I'm going to say Nebraska wins a close one, 27-24 in overtime. Don't do that overtime to me, man. It just seems like we're it's ripe for the picking. I feel like um, if I look at, at my Saturday, I feel like I got something going on on Saturday. Can we just get this one over quickly? Like, can we just run the ball, control the clock, and have like one drive in the second quarter that takes up another nine and a half minutes where we score seven points? What do you got going on Saturday? You plan on driving up to Gary, Indiana? <laughs> Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, not Louisiana, Paris, France, New York, Rome. I forgot yeah. those lyrics, yeah. You're welcome. Um, no, I I don't have Gary, Indiana plans, but it is the weekend, and my son usually wants to try to do something. So you should be like, hey, guess what we're doing, son? We're watching the football game. That's what we did last weekend. Yeah, you, like, know, oh. you, know, you just got to We get 12 of these per year. Do you know how many <laughs> weeks you're in a year? He 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 keeps wanting to go, and this is like, look, God bless him. He he loves to go on adventures and to go explore. He keeps wanting to go to St. Louis. To, I, I think I'm he's due. I'm I'm 
I'm due to take him up in the arch. So um, that'll be fun. We'll do that sometime. Just not on a Nebraska football Saturday. Yeah, be like, hey, we'll go on Sunday. Sunday's laundry day, dude. Do you know how much laundry I do with three kids? Yeah, probably quite a bit. It's oh, it's never ending. All right. Nobody cares about my problems. Everybody else. There are people out there like, I got way more than three kids. And some of them even then. We ain't going to go down that road. No, All right. Before we get out of here, I just want yes, to if you ever find yourself thinking of going to East Lansing, just don't. Maybe reconsider. I think before I go to East Lansing, uh, first of all, I don't know if I want like I don't I don't have any desire really to go to Michigan. Period. I know that's a, a mean thing to say. No. I think I'd rather go to uh, Happy Valley than East Lansing. East Lansing, like, let me say this too: their stadium's a dump. Straight up. I'm just going to say it. All right. Like old Wrigley Field before they renovated dump. And so, like, it just it makes you appreciate what we got in Lincoln. And also, like, your crowd, Michigan State, show up on time. <laughs> what else you got to do? It's a college town. You ain't got, you ain't got nothing else going on. There's no other game in town. Get your butts in the seats. I mean, were you working at the Gary Steelworks a little late and you had to drive (laughs) up later? I mean, like (laughs) you got this like, oh, my God, this this impeccable, like unplanned hatred for some random town in North Indiana, in Indiana. (laughs) Dude, it was it was wild, man. (sighs) Well, hopefully your next road trip is, is. I walked into a gas station in Gary that was across the street from Burger King. And then I walked in and the commercial, the Whopper Whopper, triple Whopper commercial was playing on the TV in the truck stop. I wanted just to, you know, basically just be like, I, I give up because <laughs> I hate that song. Look, I'm I'm not, this is me not putting the cart before the horse. This is me not saying, you never know. Hypothetically, if, if Nebraska represented the Big Ten West in Indianapolis, in a few weeks, in a month. And you were going because you would. You'd have to drive through Gary, Indiana, right? Actually, no. <laughs> Actually, no. Here's where we see the uh, interstate map. No, I, I, I'm like the human compass. Um, I would go 80 into Illinois. Fact. And then right after I get into Illinois around Moline, Take seventy four down through Peoria, Bloomington, Champaign. If Oak, you're if you're only listening to this and not watching it, he's looking down. He's got this ready to go on his phone. He's like, "All right, just got to get a hotel room, got to get a ticket. That won't be a problem. Nobody's gonna want to go see Ohio State again." <laughs> Actually, I'm uh I'm on a self imposed ban from conference championship games. I've okay. been to three and we've lost all three. Okay. 06 against Oklahoma and Arrowhead, lost. 09 against Texas, lost. 2010 against Oklahoma, lost. But you've that those are all big 12 no, conferences. No, no, no. I really would like to watch my team play in a conference championship game from the comfort of my own home and not watch us lose by 39 points to a team that we beat previously a few months before, Wisconsin. We won't have that problem. Look. We've already lost to Michigan. We wouldn't play Ohio State or Penn State in the regular season. So 
that particular scenario would not happen this year. No, the uh, I don't have any PTO. <laughs> That's fine. What about non-paid time off? Just uh, I I all on Monday. I have this thing that I really enjoy. It's called getting paid. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, so speaking as much of, as I like Husker football, I like getting paid just a little bit more. Uh, depends on the day. I think yeah. if Nebraska wins the uh, conference championship, I think I'll like Nebraska football. Yeah, that Nebraska, if if we made it to the Big Ten championship game and won it, I would tell you I probably wouldn't go to bed that night. No, you'd be closing down every bar on O Street. I don't live in Lincoln. I don't remember which where O Street. I, I thought O Street was in Omaha because it's O O yeah. for Omaha. Omaha's got Dodge Street and. The gathering place used to be 72nd and Dodge, but not anymore. All right. So for all of you uh, Eastern my, Nebraska I natives. drink my weight in Oscar's Pizza and Coors Banquet beer. Oh, that's, that's, that's a lot of bad beer. It's a lot of good beer. <laughs> all right. We, we, we could go on and have these, uh, these side conversations all night long, but by God, there's work to do. So uh, for my great friend and broadcast buddy, Hoss Reuter, I'm Greg Mahachko. This is Coronation Overreaction, and we keep it simple on these uh, recordings. We just say, go Big Red, and win the damn game 27-24 overtime. Don't do that overtime shit to me, man. I'm telling Justin you. Justin Alvano picks a 59-yard field goal to force can, can he do it like walk-off style? Can he just do it in, re- in regulation? Well, don't, I don't want a 59-yard field goal to try to force overtime, and so all of us are just sitting there wanting to basically jump off a bridge because the anxiety is so bad? No, I'll be chewing my damn arm off up to my elbow. I just want to win the game in regulation and then go do other things. Do you want, to, do you want me to go with my other radical prediction? No, I want to hit end Nebraska of recording. 14, <laughs> Nebraska 14, Maryland 10. That seems... Honestly, more logical, likely to happen. Yeah, and you know, Nebraska in a few weeks it's gonna be Nebraska three, Iowa two. <laughs> it might, it might be Nebraska two, Iowa nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, how are they gonna score on our defense? Conversely, how are we gonna score on their offense or on their defense? Uh, pick six. We'll we'll score a pick six. So, I'm but yeah, I'm I'm ending the show now. Okay. <laughs> go go to, you got to get to Gary go